Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz and a slight tangent. That's being a football hipster, isn't it? Making up kind of weird names. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Hurling on Off the Ball. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. Alright, we are almost there. The championship is upon us with the Leinster and Munster Hurling Championships getting underway this weekend. On Saturday, it is the Leinster Hurling Championship with Antrim against Dublin at Corrigan Park at 2 o'clock. Then it is Galway against Wexford at Pierce Stadium at half four before Kilkenny take on Westmeath at UPMC Nolan Park at six. And then Munster will get its turn in the spotlight on Sunday. The All-Ireland Champions Limerick starting out against Waterford. That one at Semple Stadium in Thurless at two o'clock before Clare take on Tipperary in Ennis at four. To look ahead to all this, I'm joined by all-star goalkeeper with Cork, Anthony Nash. Good evening, Anthony. How are you, Nana? How are you keeping? All right, and eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Eddie Brennan. How are you keeping, Eddie? What's the form, mate? How are you? Not too bad. Uh, it's always difficult, these previews, before we've actually seen any of the action. I feel like this will be a far easier conversation uh, next Thursday night. The main story of the season is obviously Limerick going for that four in a row. Eddie, it doesn't feel, if you think back to 2009 and Kilkenny going for the four in a row and the way Tip pushed you back in 2009, it doesn't feel like there's a Tipperary this time around, a real up-and-coming force that are an obvious contender for Limerick. Yeah, it doesn't, Nate, and to be fair, I think, uh, you know, I was I was talking about this there last week and uh, I kind of found it hard to pick out a real, you know, after the league finals to say, you know what, these guys look like they're primed. Um, I think the, you know, you can say at the moment, Clare and Watford are probably very quiet. We haven't heard a whole lot from them. They, they finished there in the league campaign and off they went. But, um, yeah, when I think back on 2009, you know, we went up to Tullamore for the first round and Galway gave us the mother and father of a fright. Um, we had an epic league final with Tip in, in Simple Stadium that year. And then you rolled into the Leinster final against Dublin where, you know, two goals from Martin Comerford was what ultimately got us home in that Leinster final. Anthony Daly, you know, came with a plan with Dublin and they really, really sogged it into us. Uh, so you had teams closing in around you. Waterford, I think, in the semi-final as well. We had a good old rattle with them, but we got home. But then obviously the, the final. So it is, I think, teams were getting close to you at that stage. And I think when you're, you know, on top for a while, Everyone is looking at you. Everyone is analysing you. Everyone is trying to identify where they can get the in, where they can target. And, uh, you know, that's what happens. Tip, you know, rolled with a, a mighty plan, created a lot of chances in the All-Ireland and just didn't convert them, whereas they did that the following year. So back to the point, uh, I don't see who the obvious contender is, who is going to knock this Limerick team off their perch. Uh, when you look at that league final, you know, they had the luxury of 20 wides. They had the luxury of leaving a couple of real, real heavy hitters on the sideline. So it's uh, it's hard to make a case for anyone, but it's a funny game sometimes. They they look really the serious, uh, worthy All-Ireland champions. They look like it's going to take a monumental effort. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see, but Hurling can be strange like that. I think what's, what's good for them is that they get to roll four matches in Munster. So they could get one fright, maybe even a draw, and they're still in good health going into an All-Ireland series. Well, let's look at Munster first then, and that opening game, which is Waterford against Limerick. Uh, what has Davy Fitz got as his disposal, Anthony, that could give Limerick that fright on Sunday? 
Yeah, I was discussing it a few weeks ago, Derek Jarl, like saying it. Like of all the teams, like when you look at the age profile, um, fitness, size, never like that, Waterford tend to be the team that probably are the closest I would have found and even going in last year and as well winning the league we all thought they were coming with something and then obviously just to fall out below but they're like you know he, he came out last year and stated that he had plans for Limerick and he felt that he had ideas that might be able to rattle Limerick and you know we're now going to see it whether he has going to try to do something I know he tried pushing up the full back line for puck outs during the league and little yeah. things like that but what do you think he's talking you know, like about the, because everyone's going to be waiting yeah, for it now. It's, yeah, it's puck outs and I think it's probably like, the one thing I find with him is like trying to get as many bodies back to field. Like like Limerick, I suppose, Limerick don't play a sweeper like, but they get so many bodies back to field it's like they're creating those extra numbers before they create mm. the overlaps like, and that's what they're brilliant at like, and then they get the ball into the perfect delivery zone before they can take out the opposition sweeper. So I think Dave is going to try and crash the middle third like he normally does but like my only worry with Waterford and I've said this all year long is the kind of players that he's putting out there like for me I just don't think you can have a Daisy Hutchinson out in the middle of the field I don't think you can have like I think you have to have a Daisy Hutchinson and a Bennett inside like and even like I was lucky enough to work with Mikey Kiley in water, in, from Waterford in UL like and if three natural goal scoring threats inside there like you know so I'd for a Waterford person I presume that they'd love to see the likes of that inside um, look, it's a shot to nothing for Waterford. You know, I, I think that like they're looking like every team in Munster, like Eddie said it there, like they're primed. Limerick are primed, right? So every other team are looking to take each other out and make sure they're either in the Munster final as a second place or a third mm. place getting out and having a free shot at Limerick. Like the one thing I found about Limerick is not only they're an exceptional team, they seem to be in a very good place. You know, mentally, physically, you know, age wise, they're just there. And like Eddie, no, I don't know what team, but we we also said the same going into last year's Munster final against Clare and Clare showed it so. Look, it's not the end of the world. I don't think Limerick are guaranteed to be winning all Ireland's. They're rightly red hot favourites, like. But you know, my thing is, I don't think they'll be beaten twice in one year. You know, that's the big thing for me. But um, but for me, look, it's. I I think the Watford game will be interesting to see what he actually tries to do, and hopefully for spectators like the Daisy Slows for the goal. Eddie, I'm hearing a lot of that about Desi Hutchinson and confusion as to why he's playing that bit further out. They obviously have a lot of injury concerns in Waterford at the moment and doubts about Ozzie Gleeson and Stephen Bennett and Michael Kiley. Do you think it's just the fact that those guys might not be there? If they were all fit and available, do you think Desi Hutchinson is where everyone wants to see him? Yeah, it's, I suppose like Anthony there, I agree. I think it's 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 a shot that Waterford can, can roll with something and Davy. You know, by his own admissions, has a number of game plans that he he can go to. So I think there's there's I'd be you know intrigued and waiting to see tactically what they do, uh, because they have. I think we have to be straight too, though. This is a golden generation of Waterford players that are now very much at the prime. They you know they won their under twenty one title in two thousand and sixteen, a minor in thirteen. So these guys now are starting to you know come into the peak of their careers, and I think. It's kind of, it's a bit like the the Nike ad at the moment. Waterford have to just go do it. So I think they, I think with Limerick, I suppose in some ways, teams are paying them a lot of respect and rightly so, they've earned that respect. But I think you have to kind of try blend it and really play your own game, whether that's evolving your tactics after 15, 20 minutes. Because Limerick are, in my opinion, the masters of being able to uh, in situ in a match, their situational awareness their assessment of what the opposition is doing and their ability to change in a match is what I think you know keeps them apart from everybody else at the moment. They're very, very tactically shrewd. They're hurling everything. But I think they're very good to think on their feet. I think, you know, Canerk is able to observe from the sideline and make that tweak. 
and and they're very very smart players. Their 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 hurling intelligence is really really good. So, and the example I give of that is if you look in the league semi final and the final, the contrast league semi final they couldn't get to Galan with the ball because tip dropped a kind of couple of lads zonal in front of, so they shot the points from outside. Last year's All Ireland final, I think they got a lot of points from outside. Galan maybe wasn't fed with a whole lot of ball in the All Ireland. You contrast that with the league final this year. Then they saw that Kilkenny pushed right out, went man for man. It left Leeson with a lot of space, and I think 17, 18 balls went directly in. So that's the plus for for Limerick, in my view, is they they'll be able to assess that. But I'm just wondering what Davy Fitz can roll with, and I do think if you're going to take on Limerick, I think maybe Mike Kiley on the edge of the square, Desi walking around him, Stephen Bennett in there, maybe it's put a few bombs into the edge of the square. You know, I'm living in the past a tiny bit, but in 2019, a couple of long balls to the square gave Limerick something to think about against Kilkenny and we got a goal, which was ultimately the platform that gave us the breathing space. Maybe that's one way of going at it. The brilliance of Limerick's in-game management, Eddie, must be a bloody nightmare for opposition coaches because you're second-guessing yourself so much. So Davey will have his game plan and even if it's working after 15 minutes, he knows they're going to come up with something else. So you got to have a second game plan for when they change things to counteract your first game plan. That I, I can't imagine he's yeah. sleeping too well these days. And that's a very, very hard thing to do. You have to do a lot of nights of walkthroughs and a lot of programming on players. But I suppose that's that's the nature of the game too, is that maybe we'll start off and we'll, we'll try to carry it through the lines. And when they do put a press on us, maybe then we go over the top. Um, maybe, you know, if you've, like I said, the example is, you know, guys like TJ Reid, guys like Kylie, a couple of, you know, big brawny fellas that are able to win their, their own ball around the square, maybe try to get a height disadvantage. Like Mike Casey is, Mike Casey is class, right? He's a really good baller, but he isn't the tallest. So is that possibly, I'm not trying to say he's weak in the air. I'm just saying you might have to switch it up mid game. You might have to say, lads, this first 15, 20 minutes, we're going to go this way and then we're going to adjust but like you said there, it's hard because sometimes you don't have the ball. You might be able to get your hands on the ball. So, uh, And Hurland is such a, a fast game. Uh, it takes a lot of work. And it takes, look, it's gamble as well. But I think what's to be lost from taking some risks now against them? You know, I thought last year, Watford, for long periods of that match, they were really, really competitive. They missed a couple of chances as well. So you probably have to really, really take a few risks, I think. So Anthony, when when coaches are looking at this monster round robin series, do you think they'll be taking Limerick as an isolated case in terms of their tactics? That there'll be a plan for three matches, but actually against Limerick, we might need to try something different to both contain them and to give them a bit of a rattle and maybe get that shock over the line. But actually, our game plan will be implemented against the other three teams. Yeah, like I was saying at the start there, I think it's like it's not a pressure off against Limerick. You don't want everyone to receive a hiding like. Uh, but I think, like Eddie was saying there, you're going to have your own game plan. Every team should have a plan A, plan B for whatever reason. And and different players are going to dictate. Like, I remember when we used to play Waterford, it depended on where Parag Mahoney was. Like, if Parag Mahoney was centre forward and our centre back followed, if he was wing forward or wing back followed, do you know what I mean? So you might have an isolated player where, you know, we knew when he dropped out to the middle of the field, he could score from there. So, you know, managers might pick a player like Tony Kelly deserves the respect to, to be a man marked or whatever like that in as well. So you'd have your set game plan. And then obviously you have opposition that might have an influential player. Like, look, it, you know, I said it's sad. Like, Watford have a shot to nothing, right? They, I, I do firmly believe that because, like, when you look at the rest of the four teams, any of the other four teams can beat each other. Like, we're all sitting here saying the Limerick are going to get out. Look, I, I, they, I don't need to be beaten twice in Munster. 
but it, it's the best of the rest in I think is where where we're at like and like this time last year I was able to say I was able to you know give my opinion and say look Tip won't get out because things were going so poorly down there you can't say that this year like you know in fairness the Cavs are turning around so like I, I think the main job of any coach any manager is you have to have your own game plan that you believe is going to contend on Ireland like you know you can't go thinking what Limerick are going to do and what I noticed with Waterford the last years is you can't take him on either physically like you know Kilkenny tried to take him on physically I think in the league final as well like but you know they're animals of men like they're huge men that are able to hurl they're able to mix it any which way you know that if a team run at them they'll just hold his positions only Declan Hannon is there as a plus one Um, you know if they try to if you try to man up against them I think it was at the 20 what, what year was COVID a 20 other in the final or whatever like that mm, the first 15 yeah. minutes whatever like that like they threw everything absolutely everything at Limerick in the first 15 minutes Limerick ate it up and then just went on and pushed on so like you're coming up against a team that are you know that they're just exceptional like you know Eddie spoke about I do also believe it's a golden generation of Waterford hurlers I don't know what you could call this Limerick team um, <laughs> you know um, but I, I believe that look Eddie said it there look Waterford have to give this a go like you know they really have to give this year a go because you know, they're a team that, as I said to you, age, profile, size, physique, hurling, talent, this is probably their best players, um, you know, that they're going to have for, for, for a long time. Yeah. And the fact that Limerick, uh, from the way you're both talking, are, are, are probably so far ahead in some ways, it makes the fixture list really interesting as well, particularly for that Clare tip game where Clare played tip on Sunday, four o'clock, but then Clare have to go to the Gaelic grounds the following Saturday night. Waterford go to Cork for Cork's first game so looking at Clare Tip then Anthony and the fact Clare had a good win over Tip last year but you say Tip were a bit of a mess Tip it felt were far more impressive during the league but again that shadow boxing of where Clare holding something back what's your assessment of this? Yeah look I think it's a lot tighter I think there's a lot more pressure on this one um, the one thing about Clare like unfortunately the last time we saw him in championship look there without John Conlon against Kilkenny last year and it was a very flat performance which wasn't them like they made probably the best game in the last number of years against Limerick, you know, in the Munster final. So Clare, Clare after into a fine team. Um, the Brian Lowen seems to have everybody fighting from as well. Like you know, uh, I I would be giving them the nod over the fact that they probably have that little bit of experience and having Ennis as a place, um, you know, is going to be an advantage as well. I think Liam Cahill has done an unbelievable job with Tipperary. I think he's blended in a fantastic number of players again. Like Mikey Coyley, I got to work with Garrod O'Connor. In UL and, and Brian O'Mara like two unbelievably talented players that I think are going to have a huge future in the game so I think he's really brought a team together and if Tipperary win it wouldn't surprise me I'm not saying that I'd make Clare hot favourites but um, I, I would just just give Clare maybe the nod down at home there as well just for the for the game itself but like that then the losing team are put under pressure but like a big thing here is, is like home home games are huge mm. home games are huge in this like you know like they do take an extra kind of a I know they're not worth two or three points or whatever but like you don't want to be travelling away like Cork for example like we're the same with the 20s this year we two home games and two the last two games are away from home against Clare and Limerick like so that's a tough schedule for, for Cork as well um, but you're, you're getting your home game so Clare will be looking to put a performance out there that I do believe and look, I, I think just with that experience of the age of the team that they have um, and the year that they gave us last year about the Kilkenny game they might just get over the line there I okay, guess just under lines the massive disadvantage Waterford have not been able to play their games at home and having to go and play even yeah, their home games huge. in, in Semple I, I, I don't think it's going to be though in terms of the pitch I think that should suit Waterford's game. I think I don't, it's just unfortunately their supporters are going to have to travel and it's not having, you know, in your own patch, which is which is a massive thing because they they can rally it. But I do think, I think it's better for Waterford to be playing in Turles. It's a place they love. So it, it's something that they shouldn't get hung up on either, I hope. 
the big thing for us was that we actually hated going there as an opposition rather than Waterford wanting to play there like do you know what I mean so I don't know like I remember we played Galway one year above in Fall Hill lady you played there a good few times as well and I said to your Latanian how in the name of sweet Jesus do you enjoy playing your games up here and he said we hate it as much as you do so I wonder is our Waterford and the opposition both glad they're gone to Torles uh, on Tipperary, uh, Eddie, they, uh, I don't think transition is a word they would ever like to use in Tipperary. You don't get that level of patience. What Liam Cal has done then, considering the retirements, the injuries that they've had to deal with, the momentum that they seem to be bringing in from a decent league campaign, are, are you surprised in any way how quickly he's been able to get all this together? No, not really, because I think if you even look at Watford in year one to year three with Liam Cal. Like, look at last year. Look at the amount of players he brought through. So he has a lot of guys. He has really stocked up that Warford squad. And I think this year as well, he was dealt a horrific hand with Tipperary. I think he lost eight or nine, you know, of real, you know, starting team, guys that were coming in. And he hasn't complained. He hasn't said a word. Boo-hoo. He has just got on with it. And again, what he has done is he has scoured the county and found lads that want to play for Tip. Uh, he has assembled a good panel. Uh, you know, you'd use one guy maybe as an example he's found, but Alan Tynan has probably been defined of the league campaign for him. He looks to have, you know, a real energetic, you know, hard-working grafting fellow, which is what Liam Kyle loves. And then, you know, it's 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 maybe what he gets after that. But um, yeah, look, it's probably, it's, it's a pressurised job in fairness, but Liam Kyle, you know, this is the job he wanted, I'd say, for the last couple of years. There's a lot of players in tip that he has won a minor and two under 20s and a 21. So he will know what he's getting. The the next man up, I think he will know what he's getting. He's not taking risks with those guys. So I think between himself and Mikey Beavins, I think this is the job they'll want. And he will just get on with it. I think, you know, a, a Tipperary team that we sometimes write off, and I'm not writing them off this Sunday or anything like that, but when you couple a new manager coming in and injuries and stuff like that, you'd say, right, he'll be afforded maybe a fool's pardon this year. But he won't look at it that way. I think, you know, a Tipperary team that's coming in a little bit under the radar can often be a very, very dangerous Tipperary team. And I do think there'll be sparks flying in us. I think that's that's one match that always brings out the best of both of them. Uh, and uh, I think there is a huge, huge prize for the winners of this because the psychological damage is probably more the bigger price you'll pay if you get beaten on Sunday in that match. The players wanted him back as well, Nathan. I remember talking to Kieran Connolly there. Like, like I, I said to him, he was going away to San Francisco last year and he had been invited into the tip panel. I said, why are you going away? And he said, look, it's a perfect year for me to go. And Brian Amara went with him. And I said, what's the story? And he goes, look, we're, we're waiting for Cattle to come back. Like, you know, they couldn't wait like for the likes of this guy. So like when you have a, a bunch of players that he has won All-Irelands with, you know, that have come of age, you know, they're all 23s, 24s, which is brilliant, like, you know. Um, and they want him back. Like they're willing to die for him as well. So, so like, like again, I, as I said to you earlier, I give Claire a slight edge, but a slight edge. But Jesus Christ, it's going to be. I think it's going to be potentially the game of the weekend. Yeah, it's such a brilliant setup. The Munster Round Robin when you only have the three teams going through out of the five, and as you say, Claire suddenly having to go to Limerick the week after. Like Claire last year in the Munster Championship, were so impressive. The draw against Limerick, you know, bringing them to extra time in the uh, Munster final, and then just so flat in that semi-final against Kenny you mentioned the John Conlon injury Anthony are, are they are they a bit too reliant on four or five key players Claire? I'm sure every team are do you know what I mean Barry Limerick I suppose really like you know you can't afford 
you can't afford to be losing the likes of John Connell and Tony Kelly was well marked by, by uh, Butler, wasn't it? That day, I think he was being marked by him. Like it was, yeah. like you know, an exceptional performance by a young young fella there as well, like to mark Tony. So like you've two of your most influential players, but like you've the likes of Mark Rogers again this year, who's back in as well, who I first time for as well. So not only have they a team back, they have a panel as well. No, where he he can turn around over his shoulder, no, and bring in young talent and pace and. You know, again, like a manager that's worked with him knows this is third year, like isn't it or something like that. Mm. So, so like you've got you've got a team that know each other inside out, know the style of play, uh, knew they were only within a hair's breadth of beating the All Ireland champions last year. And do you know what? I think a team that will look and say, right, the last time we performed a championship, we were flat. People are probably on our case over the winter. We're going to go out now and give it a go. And do you know a team that were quiet, as Eddie said, at their start, they're like there's nothing been spoken about them. Like you know, you know, you've the likes of Doug and Connell, and you still Tony, like. You still have an exceptional team there, you know, and uh, and Ennis, like I look again, Waterford and Ennis were the two places that I looked at, uh, wondering where we go on there, not like and hated going there, like you know, it's just they seem to be kind Why? of a cauldron down there. Um, it, for a big pitch, it seemed very small, right? It, you know, it does few shots. Even we were down there last night, no, it's very tight, yeah. It, yeah, it plays very tight, like you know, and for a goalkeeper, I hated that, like because you love space and stuff, but like it was just. Just I don't know, just rotten places. <laughs> and they're a horrible team to play against. The fair, and, and that meant, and I mean that as a compliment. Like you know, you just go down. Like I remember going down there twice, and the dressing room floors were drenched wet. You know, and we <laughs> they knew you were coming as well. Like yeah, we warm up in Flannins. We arrived into the stadium twice, and there's the clear team out in the middle of the pitch warming up after we told we couldn't warm up there. So you know, they were very good at those things. But come on, I want before, I, I want your like. I want your Anthony Nash's top three rotten places to play. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll till number one So I'll till number one In the league Because the wind. You were guaranteed You know like What was that video there Like when, when the news presenter Was above and Stahl till When it was yeah, like Teresa Don't Manion. make any unnecessary yeah, yeah Don't make any unnecessary Like so Throwing up a ball For a puck out And reaching back five yards To hit it Then was never good Number yeah. two Number two Be Fratter Field On the same kind of a condition Oh Jesus Christ but They're all league venues That just absolutely Just drive me nuts And I suppose Number three then Would be in us Yeah I'd have to go there now But like And you know what The problem was Like is They just get into My head probably So it's a compliment To the opposition's feels <laughs> three. Yeah I remember Playing a league match In Salt Hill one year And it was one of our lads Down injured And we were standing there And I remember talking to I think Adrian Cullinan Was playing with Galway at the time But we were It was a long enough stop And there was this Rotten breeze That would just skin you In the middle of winter Even with skins on and you just glanced out over the goal, we'll say, at the kind of back out into Galway Bay, and you can see this big black cloud coming. And we're all, the, all the players were standing there going, Oh God, we're going to get wet to our arses here. And you just knew it was going to be mank and you'd be coming in off the pitch freezing cold. But uh, just quickly, sorry, Nate, I'm going to jump in there on the. I think another element is for Sunday as well is what's a huge prize. And it's tough on Clare, right? They have to reset and go again within six days. So, if they get a real attritional match, you know, and I know Brian Lowen doesn't know the go easy gear or even a manager to even think it is, but do you turn around and say, if we can get the win, you know, I know you can't taper it because it's too risky like that. And, you know, there's a little murmur. And again, I, I, I put it down to the Bush Telegraph that Waterford may not exactly go all out on this one and they might target the other matches. So there's, there's an element of that possibly comes into your thinking too. Like if, if Clare, if Clare don't win, just say Clare win, it maybe changes their focus a little bit the weekends, the following weekends. If you have lads that are maybe sore and really sore after that match or tired, you're not going to risk it. But the element, it changes completely for Brian Lowen. If they get bet this weekend, they now have to go really after Limerick. Uh, you know, so 
th- that's something that's going on as well. And I know you can't ever go into a match and say, right, we'll 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 taper this one. Definitely not in Munster. But there there is, you know, that probably is there in the back of your mind to some degree as well. Definitely not clear on Limerick either, really. I tell you that no, after growing well, up I know, in Limerick. But- I know, but like I'm just, well, yeah. the point I'm making is... I know the story about Waterford in, uh, in Limerick as well, do I need? Like, that is out there. Like, you know, ah, but you're doing the suit, Davey, you know. to get word out there. Ah, oh, Lash, we yeah. weren't that interested anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give us... Yeah, I'll put you on the spot. Give us your three to come out of Munster, Eddie. Me? Yeah. Or Anthony? But you first. Oh, jeez. Asha, look, I think Limerick will come out as one. Um, oh. I think it'll be clear and tip. I don't know what other order. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I I'm just from, go. From, 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 I, I think Watford are. I think there's huge pressure on Watford this year. I think I think there's a lot of pressure because, like, the, the players weren't happy with Liam Cahill last year, so they got their way, and now they have their man. So I think there's a small bit of pressure on them. And then with Cork, I don't know if they could come out like last year. We weren't expecting maybe Cork to do something and. and you know, so it's hard to know based on the match against Kilkenny in the league, and I know it, it probably petered into nothing really at the end. But coming out of that league match, you'd say Wolf or Cork have a bit of work to do to really get the growl into their play for the, the Munster Championship. Anthony? Oh, well, Kilkenny aren't coming out of Leinster after that, anyway, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Look, I have to put my hand up for Cork here and just say, like the that game, like you, like we still can't afford to go out into the field without Shamie Hardy, Patrick Horgan, like Sidney, like you know, we're we're just huge talk down here about the young fellas and I'm involved in the twenties. They're great kids, ever that, but the majority of those players that have come through the last few years just aren't ready yet. So they're coming. So I just think that that will be the pass that I give Cork. Um, I think Limerick. I think Limerick can look. I have. I, I still think Cork have something. So and it's not my putting my Cork head on. I know they've got injuries coming back. The likes of Robbie Flynn, Patrick Horgan, Shamie Harry, who we still need, like, you know, um, are all going to be back in there, thereabouts as well. Um, oh, the only problem is there's a lot of injuries, talks about injuries in the back line, but it's 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 a real tough one. I think if however big the Cork or the Limerick and Walford game is and Clare and Tip, Cork's game against Walford is huge down the park. Huge because like what Eddie was saying there about, you know, Walford not minding going or Turles, they certainly won't no one minds coming to the park, you know what I mean? Because it's such a fantastic facility then as well. But I'm going to go uh, Limerick I'm going to go Clare and I'm going to go Cork alright you've got to be able to go home I guess I, I, there's no way I wasn't going to go <laughs> Cork there <laughs> uh, let's turn our attention to Leinster uh, then this weekend so we've got Galway against Wexford Antrim against Dublin and Kilkenny against Westmead uh, just a quick word on Kilkenny Westmead um, Eddie you know most people expect Derek Link I can hardly believe first time quarter of a century it's not going to be Brian Cody on the sideline for a championship game for Kilkenny uh, they've got Galway coming up next weekend at Nolan Park after the disappointment of the league final for Kilkenny do they go out against Westmead all guns blazing or is this still a ease people back in after a league campaign and actually they're thinking the championship starts next weekend no Kilkenny never do anything other than all guns blazing um, that was the yeah, Cody era I, I think what? that was the Cody era things might have changed <laughs> no no Derek is, uh, is is Brian Mark 2 plus interest um <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I look. It's it's just not in our DNA. It just won't. And uh, I think the one thing that we will always do is give the opposition the respect. And I think that the one thing that Derek will be drilling into Kilkenny this week is that they cannot afford to come into this match anywhere, anywhere off a hundred percent. Because you can never think like that when it comes to championship, knowing that one slip up and it potentially puts your whole year hanging by a thread. 
Like what Kilkenny want next week is they want a good strong win and they want to be facing into Nolan Park with Galway coming, knowing that this is potentially the one that, you know, with Wexford to finish up away in Wexford Park, that you really need to make hay on these two results. And I think they'll want to be really blown off all the cobwebs on Saturday evening that they're primed for Galway the following week. Uh, I think they will go hard at this from the start and they will look to put the the doubt in Westmead's head very, very early. I think they will want to knock any little notions out of their heads, early doors, that that they're not uh, they're not anything but 100% right. We're going Nathan, to... you've, a, you've a Q Kilkenny who are here, like, because down here in Cork we've a Q Cork who are. He's now telling Brian Lowen to taper off against Limerick, but Kilkenny do nothing <laughs> on. He put the foot down the gas, like. That is a typical comment out of you, no. But scoring difference is another thing that you have to look at, lads. If it comes down to it as well, isn't scoring difference a massive thing there where, like, uh, you know, that, that, that you're going to try and put in? And it's no disrespect to Westmead, like, you know, but the first game out like I think they're going to be looking at that also we're obviously going to get to see and probably hear a lot from Derek Ling over the next few weeks when you say he's Cody Mark 2 plus interest what do you mean? well look I think he will have he sat there observing Brian as a player he was with him all through you know 14, 15 won two All-Irelands you know as a coach selector um, he will have his own ideas, which he will probably try to evolve into that. And I think, you know, he, Derek is a realist, right? He, he's a guy that doesn't kind of suffer fools easy. He's a straight talker and he will look at, and number one, he won't bluff himself about what's what's ahead of him, you know. So I think he's looking at where Kilkenny can improve and where they can evolve and look at last year's campaign. There will be that never say die attitude. But I think more than any other year, we're probably seeing a little bit more evolution with Kilkenny insofar as they have to be able to blend their game. They have to be able to bring it out. Probably that is why Parik Welch has been deployed to the number four position because he's a good guy to to win possession and bring it out. He's probably one of the best uh, distributors of the ball. you know. But again, I would say historically, that's when he's playing around the half-back line. I, I think I like Parik Welsh as a half-back or around that area where he mops up ball and then he can hit those pinpoint passes. Um, as a cornerback, I think, you know, if you're opposition, you'll make him mark somebody. You'll make him, you know, you'll try to keep him off the ball. So um, I think that's where Derek, that's the, the change you will see with Derek. You will still see all the old-school values of what has served Brian Cody so well and then there will be a case of the players being able to think on their feet and adjust to whatever the opposition do. Well, it could be a perfect uh, sort of Joe Schmidt to Andy Farrell type scenario where, as you say, you, you, you maintain all the basics that were implemented, but there's that little bit more freedom uh, for the players to go and express themselves. So uh, I hope to God we are talking about that at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Lee McCarthy, it'll be brilliant. <laughs> I'll be the happiest man. Uh, one of the difficulties, obviously, is there's so many new management teams in place and we're all wondering what we can read into league campaigns and, again, how much of a health warning is attached with different performances uh, Dublin going up to Corrigan Park to take on Antrim uh, from what you've seen of Dublin in the league Anthony what they're trying to do under Michal Donoghue how are they shaping up what, what sort of changes has he implemented just after there myself and Eddie were discussing this like this is not um, set in stone in any way like you know this is actually a huge banana skin for Dublin like um, Antrim over the years have shown how strong they are and after improving and like hurling up there is beyond a religion, you know what I mean? And getting the likes of Dublin. Antrim will see this is a huge opportunity for them to set their set their year off. Um the thing about Dublin, like, is that I suppose it's not inconsistencies. I still think they're lacking that one 
other forward that'll consistently jump in with yeah. Donald Burke. Like, do you know, like Donald Burke is one of the best, the highest scoring forwards, you know, out the wing and shooting, and he's fantastic. But like, where's the goal threat? Like, you know, Hayes, I know inside, like, but you need that guy that's just going to take the pressure off him, like, you know, that you're looking up and you're saying, right. Donald Burke with man mark now we need to mark inside they need to just start creating more goal scoring opportunities and I was on, at a few of their games there last year like and what they were trying to do was isolate a runner inside side to side to hold on to position but you need that like you know like Eddie saw, spoke about you know you talk about old fashioned hurling but putting the ball into the edge of the square there's no harm in that no harm in that whatsoever like you know and, and I just wonder do Dublin can they find someone that's going to go in put that pressure inside on, on the opposition that they can create those goal scoring opportunities because I think they only won in something last year. Am I wrong? No, maybe they did very low goal scoring ch- uh, stats anyway last year. And to take the pressure off Donald Burke, you need to have an inside forward that's going to be consistently chipping in with scores as well. Um, like, you know, they have the fitness, the size, everything like that. They've one of the best managers in the last decade in Ireland, now over them. So, you know, everything to be put in place for them. I just think they need to find that extra forward that's going to that's gonna chip in from. Most of the previews I've been listening to Eddie seem to suggest, uh, unsurprisingly, that it'll be Galway and Kilkenny and then it'll be that shootout between Dublin and Wexford. Uh, are you surprised that Dublin have moved away from Parnell Park for that game, that they're going to play the, the final two home matches at Crow Park? Yeah, I am, because uh, if you're the opposition, won't you love going there? This, you know, it's in a spinning Crow Park, so I don't think it gives Dublin any advantage you know, while they performed, I thought, really well a couple of years ago in the Leinster final against Kilkenny, was it last year, the year before, I think, you know, where Kilkenny were running amok and then Dublin, you know, came all the way back and nearly and nearly pipped him like so. Um, but Parnell Park is a fortress for Dublin. Maybe not in recent years as much as it was, but it is a very, very difficult place to go. And I think for the Dublin Hurling team, I think it is a, it's definitely an advantage to them. But even, you know, just on Anthony's point there, I think, you know, was it last year we seen uh, when Kenny and Dublin played up in up in um, Arnell Park, you know, there was some quality ball went in, isolated a forward, one-on-one, you know, and it just didn't stick. And, and Hayes fumbled a few, which is not like him because I think he's a good, good player. And I would, I would even argue is that Dublin haven't played to him enough. But last year he got some quality ball and he just he just was a bit off because he's a real good finisher. But uh, Dublin, you know, they need a few guys like that. You know, they they need you know someone like Keen Boland and Danny Sutliff to chip in with three four points per game because uh, they just don't have that threat outside of Bork uh, on a real consistent basis. But if I think Parnell Park is the place for them, they were bringing Hayes out for puckouts last year in those games. Like he was actually coming out as a puckout and then like you're goal threat who I actually think if he can get consistent run of form he is their second forward that can chip in he needs to remain as close to goal as possible and, and you know tie up their full back and be that constant horn the side but they were bringing him out as a third man for the wing for puckouts which I understand too because they were struggling to win possession so you kind of wanted two of them you know two yeah and, and I think one. I think having Constantine I, I, I like Constantine I think he has done well for Kilmacud the last couple of years he's a handful and when the quality ball is put into him so uh, between the two of them, they're two very big, robust fellas. Yeah. They're two very direct yeah. fellas. Is it worth putting in your your a twin towers job? But equally, they're good men to go to the corner and get ball. Yeah. 
So the main game of the weekend then in Leinster, Galway against Wexford. Uh, I'm sure Wexford looking forward to the trip to Salt Hill. You've sold it so well for them, lads. Um, Wexford Park wasn't much better in a windy day, I'll tell you that. No, either. Did, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy anywhere? I didn't enjoy at the park. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie used to win everywhere I went, so he didn't mind any old pitch. It didn't matter. I'm still in shock that he was wearing skins when he went up to Salt Hill. I didn't think that would have been allowed under Brian Cody. <laughs> yeah, the short ones that they couldn't see. <laughs> uh, Wexford, obviously, there was uh, some uh, very tough moments moments during that league campaign uh, but we have seen over the last couple of years in the round robin county's ability to just park what happened in the league and somehow found a response do you feel there's any chance of that for Wexford on on uh, Saturday evening Eddie it's hard to know you, the form book is not good and that's what makes them maybe a little bit unpredictable um, I think that's probably the danger when you know most teams are keeping tabs on each other there's the odd few challenge matches that'll maybe go over and back between Leinster and Munster. And then there's the kind of getting onto your contacts here, there and everywhere to know what what is going on. And there was a match in, in Port Leash the other night. Oh yeah, they were doing this. That, that's what you're kind of reliant on because Wexford have shown absolutely no form whatsoever during the league that you'd be, you know, that you could say, right, this is definitely what they're going to try to do. So for the Galway guys, they have a little bit of a, a guessing game in that regard. So, uh, they have to get their own house in order and, and just wait and see what Wexford roll. But I think what we did see during the league is that Lee Chin is just central to anything that if Wexford are going to do something, they need Lee Chin trashing well. They equally need Rory Connor, Rory O'Connor back to full fitness. I think it was significant last year when they lost him in the quarterfinal. Uh, he, you know, he's another go-to for them. He can pinch you three, four, five points. He's a guy that I think is... For me, arguably one of the better forwards that's out there. I think you'd love a guy like him in your team. But again, he needs to get a run at it and, and needs to have that real heater of a season for Wexford to supplement Chin. Um, it's hard to know what to expect because I think there's a small bit of a transition going on in Wexford. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what they're trying to do, but they're definitely evolving a little bit. They're they're coming away from you know maybe Davies' system where you know they had a, a very definite sweeper in place. Um, but uh, it's 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 a, it's a little bit of a kind of wait and see. I think uh, what's going to happen there because I think Galway will do what Galway done last year. I think they will look to strengthen that a little bit. But Galway don't, in my view, they don't give you anything mad, strangely tactical to deal with. They're they're fairly direct in what they do. Uh, they will be looking to feed you know Connor Whelan or whoever's inside, and uh, I just don't know what exactly Wexford is going to turn up, but. Um, I think if, if Chin is on form and he can stay injury-free, I think he does bring other players into it. I think the big thing for Wexford has been injuries, lads. And every injury they got is their bigger player. Conor McDonald went off against Cork. Lee Chin was only coming back. Rory O'Connor isn't fit, you know, consistently and stuff like that. You've got four or five players in Wexford they can't afford to lose. And having lost Paddy Foley as well, like, you know, you've got, like, those handful of players that Wexford just need, you know, that they can't replace, like, they're are irreplaceable for Wexford at the moment. Um, and I think that that word that you said there, injury, once they remain injury free, you always have a good team in Wexford. But every time they lose an injury, it's one of their big guns. And that's yeah. how I feel. And I, you know, you know, it seems to be, I feel sorry for Darry Egan the sideline. Like he looks over, next thing it's Lee Chin going down, Roy O'Connor, Connor McDonald. Jeez, you just can't afford to lose. And I think even Liam Ryan, he, I, I, Liam Ryan's a guy that was central yeah. to Wexford yeah. when they were going well under Davy Fitz. Liam Ryan was real go to. He was that real enforcer at the back. His form has dipped, and I think they need a big year from him. You know, to to be the the stability at the back. 
uh, really interesting start for Galway at home against Wexford and then they go to Kilkenny the following weekend give us your three in Leinster then Anthony Oh, well, Kilkenny aren't coming out in it. That's it. Uh, nah. <laughs> kill, 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 kill. For me and Leinster, Kilkenny are still number one. Um, Galway, and I'm going to go Wexford. And Eddie? Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Um, I, I think what it's going to be is that um, it's going to be that match is going to hinge between Wexford and Dublin. You know, Wexford know what's ahead of them, and they will know that if they can get something on Saturday in Salt Hill. Then the Dublin match, I'm pretty sure, is Dublin at home for them as well? Uh, no, Wexford go to Dublin. Well, go to Dublin. So again, that's that's going to be the key it's match. Park, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, so... That's the difference, like, yeah. They'll be happy enough with that. But, uh, yeah, no, I... I, I I think they'll they'll edge it on Dublin at the moment. All right, well, listen, it promises to be a cracking weekend and we'll have uh, plenty to talk about, I think it's fair to say, uh, next Thursday, Friday. Lads, great stuff as always. Eddie, Anthony? Good evening, lads. All the best. Thanks, William. See All our hurling and off the ball is with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship and Legends Tour Series taking place in Crow Park. Hurling on off the ball with Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. <laughs>